Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I just I pray that God would light within you a passion for evangelism, a fire for evangelism, personal evangelism, reaching out to people around you. If he's not already, I pray that he's going to, and that there would be a burning in your heart to reach people around you. You know, people are, uh, you know, I talked a couple of weeks ago about the realities of hell, and uh, there, there is a very real hell, and our, our, we can't scare people into hell, but we sure can tell them and warn them about the realities of hell and at least move them in the right direction. You know, a healthy fear is a good thing, and uh, we allow God to do the rest. But there's, you know, if we know the realities of hell, if you knew that someone and your neighbor's home was trapped in a fire, would you not run in and save them and call the fire department, do everything that you could to rescue them? Well, how much so the spiritual realities around us that, that our job is to rescue the perishing, to go after those and snatch them from the fire, and uh, whatever opportunity that is. You know, sometimes when we start talking about, about that, we think we've got to be um, some great mass soul winners, and that's really... Even if you could just reach the one, just do something with the one. And so tonight we're going to be taking a look at making friends through friendship evangelism, how to build the relationships, how to have friendships, and ministering to other people. Um, just share a couple stories just from this. You know, I, I like sharing personal evangelism stories. We, we do what we teach. We practice what we preach, Heather and I. We live it out. And uh, so... Just a couple of stories. So this um, this past this was this past week. Again, yeah, it was this past week. I don't I don't usually go to O'Charlie's. I've been to O'Charlie's once in my whole life, and that was right after I moved here. And it was with Mark Ford, and uh, I've never been back since. And I had no desire to go. But uh, this past week, I forget what day it was. I I was on my way to. It was Wednesday, I guess. It was Wednesday or Thursday. I was on my way to church, and. Um, I wanted a salad for some strange reason. I just wanted a salad. I thought I'll go to O'Charlie's to get a salad. I thought that's weird. Why am I right? Why am I going to go to O'Charlie's to get a salad? But I did, and uh, so I went. It was by myself. And nor, you know, usually when I, you know, do lunches, I've I've had one outside of that day. I've had one lunch appointment that I've actually had to to myself since I've been here. And I actually went and did. Uh, lunch that day with the seniors. I was actually able to go to the, what you call it, Pioneers of Faith. And, uh, you know, so it was just, it was an odd, it was odd all the way around. So I, so I go to Charlie's, I sit down, did my salad, did my thing, and, you know, whatever. And then, toward, you know, and the waitress, of course, I'm always nice to a waitress. You know, they, you have a perfect audience in your waiters and waitresses. They're, they're there to serve you and they're listening to everything you have to say and they want your tip and they want your time you know right most of the time anyway and uh, there there are times I want to say to waiters and waiters excuse me you understand that I pay your tip I pay your salary right but uh anyway so we've all been there we've all had those moments I'm sure but this was this waitress was very nice she was very friendly and then at the end of the meal she comes up to the table she says 
you know, with this really nervous look on her face. Are you a pastor? <laughs> and, and I said, yes. She said, are you the pastor at Celebration Church? I said, I am. And she said, well, I used to go there years ago, and I've stopped going, and my dad keeps telling me I need to get back in church, need to get back in church. And she said, lo and behold, you show up today. And I said, well, see, you just got to come back to church. And uh, she said, well, we need marriage counseling. Do you do marriage counseling? I said, I do. And uh, I said, you know, just gave her some examples. I said, uh, you can just call the church. You'll, get, you'll probably end up with Pastor Grace. She's our assistant. Just talk to her, and we'll schedule it all out. But, but yeah, we, we'd love to see you guys back. Now, I haven't seen him back in church yet, but that was just this week. So who knows? You know, we'll just let the Holy Spirit keep poking away. But, uh, you know, you just never know those, those supernatural divine moments. I told her, I said, you know, I don't ever come to Charmos. I said, I actually had a good experience, and the food wasn't bad. So I might be back, but, but uh, I, you know, I don't ever, I, said, I told her, I said, this is my second time even coming. And she said, wow. She said, and then I would be your waitress as well. I said, well, you know, who knows what God, what God had intended here, but I would just say you need to come back to church. So, you know, those simple things. And then, um, you know, we had gone to Niagara Falls, um, you know, we had a great time. And uh, we stayed in Buffalo and drove to the falls. It was cheaper to stay, a lot cheaper to stay in Buffalo than at the falls. And uh, so we stayed there. We went to, which we haven't been in a long time, to a cheesecake factory. New Orleans doesn't. New Orleans actually just got a cheesecake factory. So, you know, we, we never go. You know, it was one of those things that I hadn't been to since I lived in, in St. Louis. And uh, so I said, well, we'll go there. And... Uh, this waitress, the whole night, it was just odd. It was very odd. It was good, but it was odd. It was like, okay, something's different. Something's going on here. Like, she was very nice, and Zoe loved her. And Zoe, for Zoe to connect to a stranger, you know, she's she's very fun and playful if she knows you, but to be a stranger and connect is odd. So she's connecting to this lady, and she's, every time she walks off, where where's she go? Where's she going? You know, she's looking all over the restaurant for her. And um, so we just keep you know, having a great conversation through the whole night, and, uh, you know, of course, at the Cheesecake Factory, you got to get cheesecake, so she asked us if you want, if we want cheesecake, and of course, we were stuffed, and we were already in sin at this point, so we figured, well, we might as well go ahead and go the whole way, we're gluttons, we might as well finish out the night and have some cheesecake, and, uh, Right, right. We'll just enjoy our sin for a moment at least, and then we'll be sick on the way home, which we did. We we ate so much, it was ridiculous. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, we, so we got the cheesecake. Well, she takes Zoe, and Zoe goes and gets the cheesecake and brings it back and serves us. So she takes Zoe off to the cheesecake area and gets the cheesecake and brings her back three different times with three different, you know, it was cute. And we're like, okay, who is this lady? Because she's got some really, before she ever did the cheesecake, she's got some great customer service skills, you know. And, like, that's, I've never had a waitress that did so well. And then for her, like, she even held Zoe at one point. She was holding her. Zoe, you know, I'm like, I've never seen that ever happen with a waiter or waitress. So, when she brought the bill, we said, I complimented her. I said, you know, I want you to know you are the best waitress we have ever had. I said, you have a unique set of customer service skills. I've never seen someone do such a great job at waiting on people. And she said, oh, I've been doing it. You know, she, you know, accepted the compliment, but, you know, blew it off too. 
And um, I said, well, that's interesting. I said, I just want you to know you did a great job. So we're doing the thing, and she comes back, and Heather's, Heather's parents said something, and I don't remember what they said, but it triggered a conversation um, about her going on a missions trip. And so they, so they said, oh, well, they're pastors. <laughs> you know, that's always great when you're with people. Uh, have you met my pastor? These are pastors. You know, it's always fun. Uh, and so we say, well, yeah, you know, so we started talking. Well, yeah, we're pastors. And she's like, oh, really? We're, where at? And I had actually, I had one of our, uh, the pins that we gave out for Father's Day, I had one on me, and I had already left it with the, with the, with the tip, the bill, because it has our church name and uh, website on there. And so I had left it with the bill anyway already. And I, so I pulled the pin out, and I said, well, this is where we're from. I said, I left this for you, but this is where we're from, the church. And she's like, oh, I know Akron. She said, I've been there for a concert before and whatnot. And I said, well, you already come check us out. And she said, well, I actually go to Penn State, and so it's not really that far for me to drive on over to Akron. Um, so she's like, I might stop by sometime. I'm like, and I'm thinking, you're, we're in Buffalo, New York. You're Penn State and stopping by Akron. That's like kind of out. But anyway, it was a great, it was a great conversation. And um, so we ended up being able to encourage her and talk to her about her faith in Christ. Um, and, you know, she goes to a Wesleyan church, and she wanted a church. She was going to a Methodist church, but she wanted a church where she could feel something. And the church she was going to, she didn't feel anything. I said, well, come to our church. I promise you'll feel something. And uh, <laughs> promise you will feel something. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. So you just you take those opportunities, and it may be simple, but you begin to develop a friendship. And so that's what we want to talk tonight about is developing a friendship with people. First off, Developing friendship and developing a relationship is standard in all the approaches. No matter how you approach, whether you're witnessing through friendship evangelism, whether it's a conversation in the, in the elevator, you know, elevators are a great place too, because you're stuck on there for at least 30 seconds, right? And so you have a great, you know, it's a, it's a great quick conversation. The questionnaires or other types of evangelism, the scripts, things like that, no matter what type or style of evangelism you're doing, building a friendship, building relationship is key in every style. The purpose is to establish a relationship. Um, I once heard it said one time uh, that this particular, this particular girl in, in youth was being asked, well, why, uh, how, how did you come to faith in Christ? What happened? You know, you had this relationship with this person. Well, what happened? She said, well, my friend built a bridge to my heart, and Jesus walked over. And that's really, that's really just a great picture of, of personal evangelism is we're, we're bridge builders. We're loving on people, and Jesus walks across the bridge in the person's life. And uh, I would encourage you to build those relationships. We're going to talk about how to do that. Observe. How? Observe the style, the habits, the statements, attitudes, surroundings, etc. of the person. When you're having a conversation with someone, you can tell uh, as you're having conversation, you can tell by the things that they're saying, where they're at spiritually, what's going on in their life. You know, they're depressed, they're discouraged, they have a lot going on. Um, you know, very quickly you can learn a lot about a person if you just listen. The other thing is you, you look at their, um, their surroundings, not just what they're saying, 
but their surroundings. If you're meeting in someone's home or you're, you're in their area, take a look at what's around them. What are the pictures that they have out? What, what kind of you know, uh, decorations are around them? And you can find out real quick about a person. And you can comment, oh, who's, who's this in this picture? And you begin to build a rapport with someone by talking to them about one of their family members in the picture. Now, obviously, if they tell you, oh, yeah, that's my ex-husband, I hate his guts, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's move, moving right along. Let's, well, who's, right, right, who's this picture? You know, whatever. Right? Should, should we get rid of that picture? You know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so take note of those things. Ask questions. Uh, when you're asking questions in, in building a friendship with someone, avoid the, in your personal evangelism time, Avoid the questions that are yes or no answers. Stick to the who, the what's, the where's, the when's, the how's. Get details. Um, this comes very naturally for me. Um, and so I have to actually stop. This is something that I actually have to stop and think about as I'm teaching. Uh, part of my investigator background, my you know, other, other life, is no, you know, doing this. And so um, when... when in dealing with clients and um, people that were, were clients of ours, you would have to ask a lot of questions. You want to get the story. And so you become real quick, uh, you, you get good real quick at asking the right questions to get the information that you need. And then um, you pick up, you learn to pick up on things. That's part of the reason, you know, I said this morning, I notice everything. That's why I notice everything. As I, I had to notice everything in that type of a business, shall we say. And so, so you have to learn how to notice those details. And it's always funny because, you know, we dealt with drug addicts, really, because uh, I worked in pharmaceutical litigation. So it was, um, you know, we were pursuing litigation against uh, the manufacturers of Oxycontin. And, you know, if anybody knows anything about Oxycontin, it's, it's a pretty, Leanne can give everybody the details. It's a pretty strong medication. It's basically synthetic heroin. I mean, it's, it's a heavy-duty drug. And uh, it was marketed, the, the manufacturers marketed it as non-addictive. And so that was our whole, that was obviously the lawsuit. That was where we came in. <laughs> but so we're dealing with drug addicts, right? So you have to ask the right questions to get the background. And then, you know, we already know the person's history. I already know I've got their background check sitting right in front of me. And I have every bit of information that we've ever received on them sitting right in front of me. So I already know a lot of their background, but I want to know, are they lying to me? Because I can't, I can't represent them in a, in a court case if they're going to lie to me, right? So I have to walk them through that. So we start asking, have you ever had any criminal history? Oh, no, you're not. You never smoked pot at least once in your life. You know, oh, no, where I'm clean. Okay, well, what about on XYZ date you had a XYZ misdemeanor charge for possession? What's that all about? Oh, oh, well, you know, that was nothing. You know, no big deal. And, uh, you know, so that's, for me, this is kind of my background, asking the questions, getting to know people. And then not only that, just being a pastor, you learn to get to know people by asking questions. And so some, some of the ways to do that, and I think there's, a, I've, I've given you, uh, I did, um, letter D there, people are most interested in themselves. So there's a, this is a great anagram, I guess, to remember here. Uh, and getting to know people, it's Ford. F-O-R-D is the anagram. First, family. People love to talk about their family. And if you can begin a, a discussion about someone's family, 
they'll tell you and you learn so much and they'll begin to let the walls down. This, we followed this principle in our, I mean, I would be on the phone sometimes with clients for over an hour, but I had to build, I was their first contact to the attorney. So I had to talk to them and they had to feel like they were, connect, they were connecting with an attorney and that knew them. And so I would get their whole story. I, by the end of the conversation, I had pages of notes and report information on the person. Okay, tell me about your family. And so they begin to talk about their family. And, you, you know, as you go on, they tell you everything about their family. If you listen, people will tell you. And then you move on to their occupation, F-O. You know, what, what do you do for a career? Maybe they're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe they're, you know, I'm not trying to train you all how to be investigators. Don't get me wrong. I'm, try, I'm, I'm giving you stories on, on how to be personal with people and connect with people. Um, you know, this is, this is one of those things that I, e- even though this was a career, it's very hard for me to do on a social level. So I have to use this socially with people. So when I'm talking, this is how I know how to chit-chat with people. I have to run through in my head, F, okay, I'm going to talk about their family. I'm serious. I'll, I'll be chit-chatting with someone. I have to think, okay, I need to talk about their family. So this is a great guide for me. Uh, i got to talk about their occupation. That's how, how do I engage with someone. i got to talk about their occupation. What, what do they want to tell me about their job? And then the next thing is uh, the relationships. Did I say that already? Recreation, sorry. Um, relationships are good, too. <laughs> Either way, uh, usually you cover that in family, sorry. And the recreation. Um, what do they like to do for fun? What do they enjoy? Hobbies they enjoy? That's a big one. Because if you can start finding out, okay, what, it, what does this person enjoy? If this is someone that you're building a relationship with, and this is going to be a long-term evangelism with them, do something with them that they enjoy. If they enjoy bike riding, hey, can, can we go bike riding together? You know, if they enjoy um, working outside in their garden, hey, I'll come over and I'll help you. I'll, you know, you can find a way to connect with them by doing something with them. And then dreams. What are their hopes? What are their aspirations? What do they want to be when they grow up? Ha, ha, ha. Um, so you're, you're teaching my notes. That's a number five. <laughs> it's true. Right. That's very true. They want to know how much you care. You're fine. You can keep teaching my notes. You're good. <laughs> Hey, at least you're saying what's on the notes and not some weird stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, Number three, anticipate objections and don't be threatened. When you're sharing with someone, you're loving on someone, you're building a relationship with them, people are going to have objections to the gospel. Don't take it personally. Don't feel threatened. It's not against you. Well, I just don't, you know, there's, there's a whole number of objections. Understand that there's going to be conflicts in people's soul about the gospel. It doesn't make natural sense. Um, That's why it's by faith. The natural mind doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. All of those things are at odds. And so it takes the Holy Spirit drawing a person and the Holy Spirit convicting a person for them to realize that they need salvation anyway. So don't feel threatened by those conflicts. Understand, hey, I'm just part of the bigger picture here. This isn't a personal attack on me. You know, sometimes, especially um, 
you know, when you're dealing with someone that's very, as you build a friendship with someone and you feel like the person's close to you, and then all of a sudden they come out with a objection to your relationship with Christ or, or you witnessing to them or what what you're saying about the gospel, it's hard not to take that personal because you feel like, you know, I have a relationship with you. I, I'm surprised. Why don't you understand me, man? You know, why don't you get in this? And, uh, you know, you, you love them. You love them, and you love them past their objection. You love them past the place they're at. And just recognize this is all a step in the process. Objections and, and conflicts actually give you information on what's keeping them from receiving Christ. And so instead of taking it personal, if you'll, if you'll listen to them, they'll, it, they're actually telling you what's holding them back. Um, one of the questions that I like to ask, I've given it before, but one of the questions that I like to ask is, what would keep you from receiving Christ? And it, it identifies very quickly their objection. It's not a leading question. It's not, you know, it's not manipulating. They're giving you their objection to Christ. And if they don't have an objection, well, hey, <laughs> I want to introduce you to Jesus right now. If, you have, if there's nothing holding you back, can I pray with you right now? I'd like for you to begin the relationship that I have with Jesus. I'd like for you to start a relationship today. I, I want to introduce you to my Jesus today. I want you to start this path of salvation today. So be, be prepared. Number four, create a smooth transition. So you're building this. You're talking about their life. You're figuring out who they are. You're getting details. And then there you have the smooth transition into presenting the gospel. Um, humor helps this transition. Uh, make it gradual, but, you know, coming up to someone and saying, hey, sister, you need Jesus today. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Hallelujah. You're probably not. <laughs> They're going to look at you really weird and say, yeah, he's a loony. <laughs> She's a loony. Move right along. Um, but when you're, when you're out, and this principle works whether you're out on the streets, whether it's personal evangelism, whatever the method is. Um, you know, one of the ways that this looks like um, practically on the streets, when you're going out and you're ministering to people on the streets, you know, it's very, hey, uh, you know, I'm Zach. What's your name? Jen. Jen, it's good to meet you. I like your uh, shirt. You go to Planet Fitness often? No. <laughs> no, you just don't like to work out? Or no, you, you just thought the shirt was cool and you thought you'd wear it? And so then that's, that's what it, that's, that is, I'm not just making that up, that is how you interact, you know, on the quick on the streets, you're not, you're going to hell, <laughs> you know, everybody knows that, you know, give me some hope, you know, <laughs> give me hope, we have enough preachers telling everybody they're going to hell, but give me hope, how do I not go to hell, and uh, so you start the connection, so plan fit, that's cool, and then you begin to talk, and you share with them, so you have a membership there? I did. You did? You got busy. Oh, what'd you get busy with? Church. Oh, so you go to church. <laughs> you go to church, and so church kept you. Okay, that's cool. So where do you go to church? Celebration. Celebration, really? Who's the pastor there? Great question to always ask. When someone tells you they're going to church, that's wonderful. Tell me the pastor's name. He sounds like a really cool guy. <laughs> I'd like to meet him. <laughs> right? I, I can see this. We have a connection. Right? Well, that's awesome. So how long have you been going there? Okay, cool. So where, 
do you love Jesus then? If you go to church, you love Jesus? Okay, cool. Tell me about that. There, there is no right or wrong answer here. <laughs> I'm just curious. So, and now, the, okay, okay, yeah, you just love Jesus, okay. So, as you can tell, so you just have this conversation, and you you'll hit moments like that as you're talking that you're like, oh, okay, I, I've either put them on the spot, they're not sure how to answer. Okay, so you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yay. Yeah, I you know, isn't that awesome? You know, I remember when I, and then, so if you, if they get awkward, then the transition here is, you just put it back on yourself. Take the attention off them. They obviously don't want the attention on them. They don't know what to say. She's embarrassed. She doesn't want me to poke. She doesn't know how to respond. So, so I'm going to put the focus back on me for a second and share my experience, you know. So I remember when I got born again, I was in church at 20 Harville Court. No, I won't say that, <laughs> but I got born again. And, you know, it's funny because I got born again to Noah, or sorry, Jonah and the whale, and it was flannel graphs. Do you have any clue what flannel graphs are? Okay, so I got born again. See, we connect because we're a similar age, so she's going to know the flannel graphs. She probably grew up with flannel graphs. And so Jonah was in the belly of the whale, and then they turned the lights off, and then they turned the black lights on, and Jonah was in the belly. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to be like Jonah, so I got born again when I realized I didn't want to run from God. So... Oh, you didn't have the, you see, we were, we were better because we had black light. So you, just, so you just have a conversation, and it's really that simple. Now, we didn't play in that conversation. I just totally put her on the spot. But, but you have the conversation, and then at some point you transition into the, into the gospel. Some, at some point you're going to transition into the gospel message, um, whether it's your own story or based on something that they say, you flow off of something that they have said. Number five, you earn the right to speak. You do this, you earn the right to speak by listening. You listen to what they have to say. You build a connection, you build rapport, you build trust, and then you earn the right to speak. As Vicki said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You don't ever get the opportunity to tell them about the wonderful relationship with Jesus that you have if you're an ugly Gus and all you want to talk about is yourself. Listen to them, listen to their story, and build the bridge. And as you do that, Jesus walks over. Listen to what they have to say. Look for ways to build trust. On the back side of your notes, I gave you an anagram here for trust. T is time. How do you build trust? You have to take time with the person. Take time to listen to what they have to say. Now, time, time is relative. You're on the streets ministering to someone. You know, we've done a lot of ministry during Mardi Gras and all the different festivals in New Orleans and just going out loving on people in the streets. And time there is different than a personal evangelism time. Time on the streets, they're, they're only looking to spend a handful of minutes with you, if that, whereas in a relationship, it may take a much longer time to get to the a conversation about Christ and the gospel. You you may present Christ in your lifestyle. You listen to them. You you interject where you can about the love of Christ and how how the gospel applies to what they're going to. But but it it may not happen 
in, in months that you even get to present the gospel message in its entirety and salvation. It depends on the relationship and the, and the constraints of what you're dealing with and the expectations. So the streets are a little bit different. Uh, going to do visits in people's homes, you know, going, going door to door, all of those are, are a little different. Time constraints look a little different. If you're going to someone's home, for example, you're going door to door, you're knocking on the door, hey, this is, I, you know, my name's Tony, not really, I'm picking on Tony, hi, my name's Tony, and uh, I go to Celebration Church, I was just in the area, and uh, we're out praying for people, and you can do this on your own, you don't, we don't need an organized event for you to do this, you can just do it, and say, hey, we're out praying for people, because we do, we're out praying for people, and I just wanted to stop by and see if there's anything I could be praying with you about. Um, no, I'm okay. Okay, I'm glad things are okay. Can I pray with you before I go? And they and you're asking for permission. Sometimes people will say no and shut the door in your face, and that's fine. But most people will be open to it. Okay, I'd like to pray for you before I go, and then you can pray with them. If they give you something specific to pray about, oh, tell me about that. Is there, you know, what's going on in that situation? Tell me about your family member that's having a rough time. Oh, you're having financial difficulty. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, do you need to, would you like to talk about that? You know, and begin to engage the person. Um, so time is different. R, respect. People pick up on this real quick, especially this generation. The, when you're dealing with young generation, usually between 30s down, they pick up real quick on whether or not you respect them or not. And, you know, and it, and it, and it kind of goes the opposite way too, but more so with the younger um, so if you're, if you're, let's say, over 50 and you're ministering to someone under 30, there's, that's good. But understand that you can't get caught up in how they look or their attitude or what, what the outward, the physical looks like. You have to respect them for who they are or they'll never listen. And so you develop that respect for them. And a lot of times, if the person's got purple hair and they've got tattoos and earrings and all that stuff, and that's, that's a problem for you and it distracts you, start off by an, 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 um, attack that first. Hey, th that is some interesting hair, my friend. I, that's, you know, that's very creative. The purple mohawk, that's very creative. Oh, thank you. You know, did you do that yourself or did you, you know, and you begin, right, you begin to get the details. Did that hurt? Right, right. Did the hole in your ear, did that hurt? You know, all the, you know, the big gauges and things they have in their ears these days. Did that hurt when you got that put in? Use that as a bridge. Use that as a, as a place. Don't be disrespectful in it. Man, you're, you're going to hell because you've got an earring. They're going to hell because they have sin. They're not going to hell because of an earring. So you get the details, you know. Get the details. Respect them. Uh, understanding. Create understanding with the person. This can be challenging, um, especially if you, especially if the person's not on the same wavelength with you, and you've got to really strive. It can be challenging, but but seeking understanding with someone can be as simple as engaging them on the level where they're at. Just like the the hair, the the Planet Fitness, all of those things, you're engaging the person where they're at. You're not expecting them to be at your church level, your supernatural spiritual level. You're engaging them where they're at in their secular level. And you're seeking to understand them. Sensitivity. As you're, as you're listening to the person and they're sharing with you, 
have sensitivity to the things that they're telling you. You may be thinking, and, I, and there have been times, I have to admit, there's been times where I've thought this, oh my goodness, will they ever shut up? This is, uh, this is so boring, I don't even understand. And especially when you get people who are slightly uh, affected by intoxication or other things. And, and by the way, I don't recommend talking to drunk people for very long periods of time, but you have some people that are slightly inebriated, and, but they're not drunk, and you can still have a conversation, you're like, Will they ever stop? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, it's like, can I can I just have a conversation? And but but they can pick up on that. And so you have to have the the wisdom of Christ. And you have to have it. Really does it is supernatural to be able to love people where they're at. And so you begin to have sensitivity for their situation. They're in sin. The sensitivity in the situation is they're in sin, and and I need to understand. I can't expect them to be holy. I can't expect them to be Christ-like. That's why I'm here. And so they're hurting, they're broken. I need to have compassion on them and love them. doesn't mean that I agree with what they're doing. I don't agree with their lifestyle. But that's why I'm here, is to love them through that, to be Christ to them. And um, lastly, touch. Trust, the last T is touch. That does not mean that you, hey, I love you, you're so great. You know, you're doing that to someone on the street, someone that you're just meeting, not going to respond well to that. But a handshake, hey, it was good to meet you today. I'm going to be praying for you. Simple, something simple as a handshake. I encourage you, get your hand on the person when you can. And, and the point of that is the anointing. You know, as we're teaching the anointing, there, there is a tangible transfer. When you shake hands with them, you're not just shaking hands with them for the intent of, hey, you know, shake, shake my hand. But you're, when you go to shake hands with them, you're expecting... I am going to release the power of God in their life when I shake their hand. Just simple touch. So I'm gonna, there's going to be transfer that happens. Okay? Touch. Other ways to build a relationship here is 30-second compliments. Start off the conversation with compliments. If you notice, that's how I interacted with Jen. Hey, great shirt. You go to Planet Fitness, and you, you immediately capture their attention because you've complimented them. Uh, on what, hey, I like the mohawk, you know, how, how did you, you begin to compliment them where they're at, and you, you immediately begin to build a connection, just like with our waitress, you have, how did the door open, you have great customer service skills, immediately, door open, so you find out where the person's at, and you, you find the compliment, find a way to compliment them, um, and this really works in, in any regard, you know, even if you're just trying to build a relationship with someone or you're, you're trying to encourage someone, I mean, complimenting people is huge. People get torn down all the time. People are being just, just battered in life. And, and if we can just, even as Christians, begin to compliment one another and just learn, just develop a lifestyle of complimenting and praising one another and building each other up, that's huge. Yes, ma'am.
then you may not want to lie. Yeah, don't lie. Right, don't lie. Um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't lie. You know, but but there's many things to compliment someone on besides their outward. The outward is very obvious. You know how they look, how they're dressing. Uh, that's all very right. All those are easy things to compliment. All those are easy doors. But um, as you get to know someone, they have a good work ethic. Compliment them on their work ethic. You know, one of the guys um, that I, that I witnessed to minister to. I've talked about him before, but how I built the relationship with him was complimenting the door opening was me complimenting how he was a family man. You know, he was always with his family, always doing something with his family. And so it opened the door. And so my my first opportunity to really start showing Christ was I bought him the book uh, Bringing Up Boys by Dobson. And so he had, he had two sons, and he was a family guy. And so it was just an easy, obvious, easy, you know, um, thing to do with him. Now, he's also the guy that I changed out his sugar packets to salt. But, you know, <laughs> we had a unique relationship. I, we'd have fun. We'd poke it. He would post it at my desk. And then, then I took, one day I took his uh, sugar packet on his desk and it, emptied, you know, put a small, real small, like tiny, tiny hole with a, with a uh, needle in the back of the sugar packet, dumped all the sugar out and put salt in it. And so he went to fix his morning coffee as he always did. He dumped a bunch of salt into his coffee. It was the funnest thing to do. I'm not, I'm not a prankster at all. I'm very much a prankster, but, uh, but that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so we had a good relationship we could do that and uh <laughs> oh but I'm no more than what you think I do <laughs> remember I observe everything <laughs> so so build build those relationships use use uh compliments six determine where the personal spiritual life is of course, you're going to do this as you ask the question. You're listening. You're not judging. Uh, when they're talking, you're not formulating responses. You're listening. You're active listening. You're engaged with your body language. You're, so what I hear you saying is a great response when you're providing feedback. So, and you repeat back to them what, in some shape or form what they've just told you. And you're affirming what they say. You go to Planet Fitness. Oh, that's cool. So you have a membership there? No, I go to church. Oh, you go to church. And so you build this connect activity by communicating. Make sense? Awesome. Number seven, create a desire to hear the gospel. You know, there's the old adage that you, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can't make them drink, but you can make them thirsty. You can create desire in someone's heart. And so how do you do that? As you develop the the relationship with them is you're building the friendship. You're learning about them. You're learning about the issues that's going on in their life. You're learning about the hot topics in their life. And you use those as an opportunity to present the gospel, to begin to share about how Christ met you in those areas. Maybe they're dealing with financial difficulties. You can share a story about how God met you and you create a desire in their heart. Just little by little, you're creating desire in their heart. Maybe they're dealing with a family situation. Oh, well, this is how God met me in that situation. And you just cre create desire. Number eight, 
ask for permission to share the gospel. And so as you begin to transition into that, and you've built a relationship, and you're talking with a person, then before you present the, the salvation message, the salvation news, can I share with you what Christ has done in my life and how he can make a difference in your life? So you go to, well, you know, let's say she says she goes to church. She goes to church, but she, there's no real, and we start to talk, and we realize I'm sharing my experience, my born-again experience with her, and she comes back and says, I'm not really born again. You know, I had someone this, this past, within the past couple of weeks I was talking to that's been in church their whole life, their whole life, been in church their whole life. And as we began to talk and, and look at their life, I realized their life is not at all lining up with Scripture. Are they really born again? And so I said to them, are you really born again? Or have you just grown up in church your whole life? And they just kind of gave me that puzzled look like nobody had ever asked them that before. I was like, oh, okay, I might have stumbled onto something here. And I said... You know, when you're born again, God transforms your life. doesn't mean that you're perfect, but your attitudes, your desires, how you live, all of those things begin to change. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. doesn't mean things change overnight. But if you were born again over the past however many years, things would look a little bit different than what they do now. So, so the question you've got to wrestle with is, do you really know Christ? And they just looked at me. Now, I, I didn't have, they didn't respond and, and they, you could tell by the person's face, they had never really wrestled that out. They had never really wrestled out. Am I really born again or am I just doing the religious thing? You would be surprised how many people in church have religion but are truly not born again. They've done all the right things. They can say all the right things. They've got it, they've got it, just, they've got it down pat probably more than the, the born again person sitting on the front row. They, they can say the right things. You know, George Whitfield and, and um, Jonathan Edwards, I, I'm, you know, of course, right now we're, they're like up in our face because Bethesda classes. But, but they, when they went and began, and the Great Awakening began, they went to the preachers. They were converting pastors because the pastors weren't born again. They were doing the religious duties. They were offering sacraments. They were doing all of the pastoral duties, but they weren't born again. Scary. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's very true. It's very true. We gotta teach we gotta teach and preach and minister the realities of the gospel. And don't take anybody for granted. Don't take anybody. Anybody. Just because they've been in church their whole life means nothing. Don't make any assumptions. Tips when sharing. So let's walk through some of these. Is this helping y'all? Good. Good, good. Tips when sharing. One, don't give scripture reference when quoting scripture. Use the scripture conversationally. Um, you know, this goes along with the saying, the same thing when I say, uh, you don't have to say God said every time you're talking with someone. 
even if you feel like God's giving you a word for them, you don't have to say, God said, if it's a word from God, it will hit and stick where it needs to stick, and they'll get it, and they'll know it's from God, whether you say it's from God or not, <laughs> right? And so um, share the scripture. Share the truth of the scripture. You don't have to, John three sixteen says, for God loves the world that he gave, you know, so loveth the world that he gaveth his only begotten the son of, you know, you're going to turn people off. Be real. Be real. Um, yeah, unless you have someone who's from theater, they love Shakespeare. You could use your King James. Um, number two, concentrate on the portion of the verses that are necessary for understanding. Um, you don't have to give them the whole scripture. Stick to what the Bible says. Obviously, don't take it out of context. But stick, stick to the truth of the word and what they need to hear and what God's saying. You don't have to, you know, if you don't have, yeah, you all got it. it was, sometimes people get very religious <laughs> with, their, with their quoting of scripture. Scripture is truth. Whether you give the reference or not, it is the truth. It is the word of God. And as you share it, that truth is liberating. God doesn't need your amen to be effective, <laughs> right? God, do, God doesn't need your, your endorsement on his scripture to make his scripture effective. It is effective because it's scripture regardless. Obviously, I'm not condoning taking it out of context and manipulating scripture. You all understand what I mean by that. Number three, don't be threatened by objections. Be understanding. We talked about that. Number four, you can't over magnify God. You can't exaggerate the goodness of God. God is great, and, you know, the expanse of his greatness cannot even begin to be exaggerated. So talk about God. Talk about his glories. Talk about his goodness. Keep the focus less of you and more of him. <laughs> okay, it's like John the Baptist said. Less of, less of you ugly self and more about God. Talk about God. Talk about God all you want to talk about God, because that's really what's going to change them is the glory of God. And that's, that's really our delight anyway is delighting in him and sharing his glory with others. Number five, now this is a good one too. Don't use leading questions or misleading questions. You can't manipulate people into the kingdom of heaven. So don't, you know, for example, one of the questions here, how do you earn your way into, south, into heaven? Well, obviously, that, that is a manipulating question. You don't earn your way into heaven. And you ask someone that, you're, you're setting them up for failure and in any response they give. So don't, don't ask questions. Be very, be very truthful. Just, just lay, lay it out. You don't have anything to hide. When you start using leading questions and manipulation, people smell that, and, and they feel like you've got something to hide. You've got a game. You're, you've got a scheme. There's a, there's a Ponzi scheme or something going on, and they're getting trapped in it, right? So you, none of us like that. Just be truthful. Be real with people. And, you know, we say that, uh, if we say it once, we say it a million. Just be real. Be conversational. Love people where they're at. Be understanding where they're at. And, and as you ask questions, they're going to answer wrong. That's good. <laughs> they need they need to answer wrong, but don't beat them up when they answer wrong. They're sinners. They're not going to answer all the questions, right? The reason you're asking the questions is to find out where they're at. So when they tell you something wrong, it's an indication of uh, doctrine that they don't understand, something that they've not been explained. And so in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, so they're off in this area. But me preaching at them is not going to change their mind. 
I need to find out why they're off in this. Why is this not right in there? You know, if you're talking to someone about being born again, and they say to you something along the lines, oh, yeah, I got baptized when I was a child. Well, obviously, that's a red flag. Well, that's great. You were baptized. Really? Awesome. Where did you get baptized at? I'm going to pick on you. Just go with it. <laughs> Where did you get baptized at? Oh, awesome. Evangel Temple. That's cool. Is that in the area? Awesome. Who's the pastor there? <laughs> oh, he's really cool. I'd like to get to know him. So, um, right? So you just, you build that relationship with them and, and you find out why they think getting baptized means they're born again. Because they might truly be born again. But if you, if you automatically assume, well, they're just telling me they're baptized and they think that because they're baptized they're going to heaven and you just make the assumption, they, they might actually be telling you, I got baptized as a, as a proclamation, as a declaration of my faith in Christ, but because you made the assumption, you've cut them off at the legs and can, you've, cut, you've just ruined your connection. You know, you've just burned down the bridge that you spent so hard working to build. Don't burn your bridges, okay? That's... Um, even, even, even if they totally reject what you're saying, even if they come back and are, are absolute atheists and want nothing to do with God or whatever, don't burn your bridge. Because the last thing they will remember is how you left. Did you leave that conversation in judgment and condemnation? Or did you leave the conversation with them with blessing and, and peace? They'll remember. And so it's better for you to shake their hand and say, I'm going to be praying for you. It was great to meet you. I love your Planet Fitness shirt, by the way. And they're, they're going to remember you and that Planet Fitness shirt because you've made a connection. Even if it's just the stupid Planet Fitness shirt, <laughs> they will never forget it. They'll never forget it. Um. And the other thing, too, about those illustrations, like the Planet Fitness shirt, and when you, whenever you connect with them and you build a relationship on that, they'll not for, it's something tangible in their possession. And so whenever they see that shirt or think about that shirt, they'll think about your conversation. You know, it's, I, uh, you know the shirt that Zoe, I was wearing when Zoe was born in, I, for, the, for the longest time I had that shirt, and every time I put it on, I'd think, oh, this was the shirt I was wearing when Zoe got born. I remember that very vividly. It's the same way. You know, that's a moment in, in their lifetime where they, they'll not forget that conversation. They may forget your name and all the details, but they'll remember the person that loved them. Uh, guaranteed. Um, and we all have people in our lives like that. You know, silly things, but we don't, we don't forget them. Um, number six, start where the person is. Make no assumptions. We talked about that. Number seven, don't feel that you must secure... A profession of faith, results are God's. So in water. So in water. Let the results be up to God. Present the opportunity. Have I run her off? I'm talking about the planet fitness too much. I've run her off. <laughs> Sow the seed. Water the seed. Love the person. And be bold enough to ask for a response. And when it's time, when it's appropriate, ask them to make a decision. And for Christ, ask them to make a decision for Christ, but don't expect that everybody you talk to is going to make the decision. Sometimes you're just sowing seeds, you're sowing, and just do that. Be happy in that. I rejoice. These, this, you know, these two ladies I shared about, 
uh, with you at the start. I rejoice in the simple opportunity that I sowed sowed a seed. I watered a seed. Obviously, the the dad had already been ministering to the one. And by just me showing up and being a friendly customer and leaving a good tip, all those things are huge. They notice those things. By just doing that, I minister Christ. And so it's important. Um, of course, we all know about the tips. I don't have to labor on tips. If you're a lousy tipper, why would they want to hear anything that you got to say? So anyway, um, that's that's just that's extra. That's that's free. Uh, number eight. That was seven a. Number eight. Smile and be courteous. Be courteous. Be respectful. Number nine. Don't be too intense. This is important. Um, be mad at the sin and be mad at the devil, but don't be mad at the person. <laughs> be loving, be gentle, be kind, be compassionate. God, you're going to hell. You gotta get saved. You know, you know, whatever. You know, or and it can even be as simple as you know, just an intense personality. If you if you're a high D and you're a very dominant personality, you, you can be too intense for someone who might be more, uh, you know, laid back. <laughs> And they're, whoa, you're coming on a little too strong. You know, so you have to, conversation, build the trust. Like we said earlier, build the trust, build the relationship, build the conversation. Number 10, leave politely, you know, end your conversation. Well, number 11, this is huge. Be watchful of personal bad breath and bad odors. The person you're ministering to can stink all day long, but make sure that you don't. (laughs) <laughs> there's nothing worse than having someone talk to you and get in your get in your personal space first of all, you should avoid that but it, there's nothing worse than someone getting up in your personal space that just stinks got bad breath or bad odors all those things just be aware of those if you're going out to minister to people put the deodorant on don't overspray the cologne put the mint in your mouth brush your teeth all those things Great tips for evangelism, I promise. It's very practical, but it revolutionizes your evangelism experience. <laughs> I promise. Um, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity um, to minister to a lot of different types of people and a lot of different backgrounds. From the homeless person on the side of the road that smells horrible and looks horrible to the millionaire, you know, snob, you know, all those, everything in between. And um, it never fails. It never fails. If you'll just love the person and meet them where they're at, you can build a relationship to talk about Christ with any of them. doesn't matter what their background is. They're all hurting. They're all hungry for something. And you just got to find out what it is. You know, uh, the reason I like ministering on the streets and the reason I enjoy ministering in New Orleans is because there's no question about what people's hungers are all about. They're, it's on display for everybody to see. They're out boozing it up, drinking it up, relationshiping it up, all of it, and it's right out in the open. There ain't no question. Here, we laugh, we joke, because people put makeup on their sins and trying to dress it up. and So it takes a little bit of talking to get behind the surface, behind the mask and the makeup to see what's really there. But when you get behind the mask and the makeup, you really find out what's there. Everybody has sin in their life. Everybody has issues. Everybody's got issues. You just got to find out what it is, and it takes time. But once it comes out, you know what it is, and you can walk them through. We just love people. 
So I would encourage you, take the time, build the trust, and uh, have fun evangelizing. It's a blast. Bring people to church, you know, bring them to church, bring them to a small group, get them involved, get them connected, follow up is huge, all of those things. Awesome. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me. I have many problems with talking or trying to talk with a, a, a religious leader like a pastor. They know all these ones, but sometimes they don't want to believe that there is something like born again. Because that is one thing that I face right back home. That some people have to leave the church because you say, no, this is a Presbyterian church. And to be right with God, you have to be born again. And then when they see that you have passed, you are passing through that path of being born again, and you are born again, they call you the outcast. In a situation like this, and that the pastor doesn't want to admit, and then the other people are looking at you as, as an outcast, how can you bring this, bring them to understand? Because like when you quote the Bible, oh, before you get there, he knows and he will tell you more than you can even explain. So it, it, it was actually a serious problem with me to confront those people like a reverend pastor, a reverend father, or something like that. Yeah, awesome. That's very. That's a great question. How there? And if I'm understanding correctly, there was a couple things confronting people who are religious-minded people, and then how do you tell people that are going to become outcasts? You know, dealing with people who are going to become outcasts. You know, that's those are great. You know, Jesus said, "He who loses his life for my sake will find it." You know, those. There's, you know, especially as we're dealing with the Muslim world and all that's going on right now, you you become born again and you make a profession in faith, and, you know, you you can be killed for that. And uh, we have a friend of ours that's he's uh, a Danish missionary to Tanzania. He's actually coming in 2016 here, but um, Egan. Um, but uh, anyway, he's he's a great great guy. He does healing crusades all over Africa. He is, he is healing crusade what, what Reinhard Bonnke would be for evangelistic crusade. I mean, he, hundreds of thousands of people. Matter of fact, he was, just, he was just doing crusades in Jordan and Syria where ISIS is right now. He's just went in and just did a bunch of crusades and was handing out food and all sorts of stuff. I mean, he's all over in the Muslim world. But, um, but he, I'll never forget one time he was with us in New Orleans and he said, it is a challenging thought to know what I'm asking people to do means that when they leave my crusade, they could die. And um, that's, that's huge to know that when, when you're ministering to someone who is Muslim or has a different background, the profession of faith in Christ becomes, it's not just religious, you know, just religious exercise. This isn't just religion as we know it. When you make the decision for Christ, and you know, that used to not ever be a reality for Americans. Oh, you know, you might die. What? You know, what are you talking about? It's becoming more and more a reality where we're seeing people, if you make this decision, it's going to affect your, your, your present life. <laughs> you know, you may die. You may be forsaken. But that is the message of the gospel that we lay, each of us have to lay down our lives. Each of us have to lay down our lives. And so, yes, that is reality. And dealing with approaching religious leaders, start where God's given you a measure of faith for. Start where God's given you faith to believe. If you have faith to believe for the 
for the religious leader, the religious person, go after them. But if, if, there's, if God's only given you faith to believe for the family member that you know, and that's where you're going to start, start there. Start somewhere. Just do, just do what God's given you faith for and let it increase. Because um, he'll give you the words. As you operate within the boundaries of what he's given you faith for, he'll give you the words and the things to do, the say, how to minister, and it'll flow. It's easy. It's natural. It's second nature. It comes natural. But when you step outside of that, that's when it gets very um, complicated and laborious. Sometimes the strangers are easier. You know, the street ministry is easy. You know, I, I would encourage you, we're, we'll, um, with all of the different festivals and things that go on in town, we'll do street ministry. We'll take teams out and do street ministry. I mean, but even if you just start going door to door, just go to door. Even if you go out here, we have, there's, we have a lady out here right out our front door, Couple, couple blocks over, she's a witch, and um, she's gotten our mailings. She's gotten things. Our kids have brought things home from school about our church. They've, you know, they've gotten all of our mail outs because we do saturation mail outs right out here. They've gotten door to door stuff. You know, when our interns and folks have gone out, and so she'll call. She calls the church fuming mad. I want her to call fuming mad. Just let her get mad. She can get mad. She can move out of out of town, or she's gonna get bored again. One one thing or the other. You know, I don't care. I'm not going anywhere, so it's your choice. You can get born again or you can leave. And, um, you know, just go out. Go out there. Minister to people. There's all sorts of stuff. You've got refugees. You've got hurting, broken people. And even if you just start there, go door to door on North Hill. And, hey, I'm, I'm Leanne with Celebration. I'm just out loving on people. We're out loving on people today and praying for people. Is there anything I would be praying for you about? Take Take the invite cards that are at the end of the pews. Take out cards. Here's a, here's a card about our church. I'd like to invite you to church sometime. That's simple. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.